0: It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Local authorities confirm the arrest of 12 Hong Kongers by the Guangdong Coast Guard on Sunday. A man is jailed for five and a half months for possessing dozens of cable ties in a first for Hong Kong. And Japan's longest serving Prime Minister Shinzo Abe resigns. Mainland authorities have formally notified the SAR government about the arrest of 12 Hong Kong people on Sunday, two days after the Guangdong Coast Guard announced the detentions on social media. Multiple media reports say the detainees were intercepted in mainland waters as they were attempting to flee Hong Kong for Taiwan. Francis Sitt reports. The
1: Security Bureau and the police said earlier this evening that they have received notification from their mainland counterparts about the arrest of 12 Hong Kongers who are aged 16 to 33. All are being detained for allegedly illegally entering the mainland. No further details were given, but officials have said they will find out more about the arrest and inform the detainees' family members. They also said they will provide assistance to the families if required and continue to keep close contact and collaborate with their mainland counterparts parts. Multiple mainland reports said the group was picked up in mainland waters as they were attempting to flee the SAR for Taiwan in a speedboat. An activist earlier arrested for an alleged national security law violation, along with suspects involved in homemade bomb cases, are said to have been among those arrested. Pro-Beijing lawmaker Priscilla Lang, who's also a barrister, says mainland authorities could try the suspects for any crimes they're alleged to have committed in Hong Kong, in addition to charging them for illegally entering mainland. And waters.
2: It will depend on whether further evidence may be provided such as money laundering Usually money laundering involves different jurisdictions different kind of financial industries so it will all subject to different facts especially when they are talking about cross jurisdictional crimes According to international practice or the convention Those jurisdictions which have arrested the suspect first may exercise jurisdiction first before they send them back.
1: The Guangdong Coast Guard had announced the arrest on Weibo late on Wednesday, but did not say those detained were Hong Kong people. Senior officials and the chief of police had told reporters they hadn't heard anything about the arrest before the government issued a statement earlier this evening.
0: Eastern Court has sentenced a real estate agent to five and a half months in prison for carrying dozens of cable ties in the first conviction of its kind here. Richard Pine has details.
3: Chan Chun Kit was arrested on November the 2nd last year amid a chaotic pro-democracy protest. Police said he was carrying 48 6-inch long cable ties, and Eastern Court Magistrate Chan Ke Hong agreed with the prosecution that the irrefutable reason why the real estate agent had so many of them was that he was going to use them for illegal purposes, to bind metal railings together, to block traffic or to harm people. He said a deterrent sentence was needed and decided on a prison term of five and a half months for possessing an offensive weapon or other instrument fit for unlawful purposes. He said the defendant had worked in concert with others to commit crimes and the people shouldn't be affected by this bully.
0: The wife of a coronavirus patient who died in hospital yesterday has been confirmed to have the disease along with the couple's son and daughter. She's among 13 new cases today, 10 of which are locally transmitted. The 54-year-old woman, whose husband passed away in Chung Hospital, is one of three people whose source of infection is listed as unknown by the Centre of Health Protection. The centre's Dr Chuang Kwan says the patient delivered food for Food Panda, but customers shouldn't be too worried.
4: The food delivery process is very short and they're usually packaged and she's wearing masks during the delivery, so we don't consider those customers as close contacts.
0: Japan's longest-serving Prime Minister, Shinzo Abe, has announced he is stepping down because of persistent health problems. The 65-year-old said he would remain in office until a successor was chosen. More from the BBC's Celia Hatton.
5: Bowing before reporters, Shinzo Abe confirmed rumours that had been swirling around Tokyo for weeks. His health had declined, he said, and he no longer had the strength to serve as Japan's leader. Just last week, he became the country's longest continually serving prime minister. But he admitted that it pained him he didn't fulfill his core pledges, forcing North Korea to return Japanese citizens abducted decades ago, sorting out a territorial dispute with Russia, or overhauling Japan's constitution to give more power to the military.
0: You're tuned to RTHK, the time is 5 minutes past 11. Back locally and the government says it won't be judging the effectiveness of its planned citywide coronavirus testing scheme by the number of participants it attracts. Officials today announced details of the programme saying more than 140 locations across the city, such as schools, sports centres and community halls, would be used as testing centres. Civil Service Chief Patrick Nipp has set no concrete target for the initiative so we do not set a target
6: but we believe that the more people coming forward of course we could be able to identify more asymptomatic cases in the community or we could have an estimation about the situation in the community i don't think that you need to measure the effectiveness of the program by sticking to a particular figures about the number of people coming forward to be tested
0: some Mongkok residents have reacted angrily to the news that the government will be using McPherson Stadium on Nelson Street as a COVID testing centre. They're worried that the virus could spread to residential buildings in the densely populated area. Mr Ku is a vice chairman of the owner's committee of a nearby block.
6: When the stadium having
0: some events that using the
6: smoke event, when the smoke event was happening in the stadium, they will leak out to the surrounding, and even that affects our residents, particularly
0: at the middle or lower part of the tower. The privacy commissioner says the citywide test complies with personal data laws and there's no suggestion that any specimens, results or data would be sent outside the SAR social distancing regulations were eased today with dining hours extended at restaurants and cinemas and beauty parlours reopening their doors people exercising outside no longer have to wear a mask but despite this many people exercising at victoria park today nonetheless chose to keep their masks on wang yin ting reports
1: Despite the 30-degree heat, many joggers in Victoria Park chose to keep their mask on, even though it's no longer required.
6: About 80% of people have wear masks. mask.
1: But others welcomed the change and took their masks off. I'm choosing not to wear my mask because I think it's better for my health. Cinemas and beauty palace have reopened, while dine-in hours at restaurants are extended for three hours until nine.
0: Police have arrested and charged a 26 year old IT technician for allegedly inciting people to stage violent protests via a telegram channel. It was said to have more than 100,000 members. Superintendent Wilson Tam from the Cyber Security and Technology Crime Bureau says that the man has been charged with seven counts of inciting others to cause public nuisance, commit arson, and criminal damage. We are not targeting on any specific channel, but we are focusing on the
6: criminality of what's inside the channel or what's being published in the channel. The police have already seized the channel and uh, we have already posted a photo on the channel saying that the police has already taken over the channel because it's related to
0: violating the laws of Hong Kong. The founder of the now disbanded Hong Kong National Party will go on trial in West Kowloon Magistracy on the 19th of October for allegedly assaulting a police officer during a protest last year. Chan Ho Tin is also charged with taking part in an unlawful assembly in Shung Shui in July last year, as part of a so-called "liberate Shung Shui campaign. Legal arguments in the criminal intimidation case against media mogul Jimmy Lai wrapped up today and the West Kowloon magistracy is to deliver a verdict on September the 3rd. The defence says Mr Lai was just letting off steam when he warned a reporter from a rival paper that he'd mess him up. But the prosecution says it was a real threat of physical violence. Maggie Ho reports.
5: A prosecutor from the Department of Justice told the court that the Oriental Daily reporter was just doing his job when he took pictures of the next media founder during a June 4th rally three years ago. He was at a public gathering where reporters had the right to be present, she said, and if the media boss felt uncomfortable being photographed, he should have left instead of walking up to the reporter and threatening him his threat against the reporter identified only as x could not be justified by the animosity between the rival papers she concluded and a warning to have him messed up must have meant a physical injury Mr Lai had told police he had just blurted out the threat because he was so annoyed at having been haunted by Oriental Daily reporters for years. His lawyer said the paper's reporters have been stalking Mr Lai almost on a daily basis for something like three years and argued that his reaction was reasonable.
0: Police are coming under more fire for their new characterization of the Long attacks in July last year as a clash between two sides, rather than an indiscriminate attack on people by a white-shirted mob. Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Ting, who's one of six people arrested on Wednesday for alleged rioting during the incident, says that yesterday's comments from the police chief Chris Tang, playing down the new police narrative, do nothing to assuage public anger. He says people shouldn't buy the pretense that the two equal sides comment is anything but the official police position on the matter. If we look at the uh, live video, the senior superintendent kept
7: reading the looks prepared before the press conference. So I don't think it is his personal comment. It is absolutely a uh, police force lie to take.
0: Two alleged victims of the mob attack, who spoke at the same briefing as Mr Lam, say they both think the new version of events is ridiculous. A man who was beaten said he's now afraid he's also going to get arrested, even though he was a victim. And an elderly woman who was in the MTR station at the time said Hong Kong was turning into a third world country. Pro-democracy lawmakers stated a protest against the new police narrative on the Yuen attacks as the chief secretary, Matthew Cheung, appeared in LegCo for a special meeting on the government's latest anti-epidemic efforts. Asked for his take on the issue, Mr Cheung deferred to the police commissioner's comments yesterday that history will make its own assessment of what happened.
6: The commissioner for police explained clearly, I have nothing further to add except the point that all the evidence must be presented in court. Any prosecution must be based on facts and evidence. So it's entirely really up to the court to make a decision, I'm sure. And given judicial independence in Hong Kong, there
0: will be a fair trial. During the LegCo meeting itself, Mr Chung again rejected calls by some pro-establishment parties to introduce a so-called health code system within Hong Kong. The idea is to require people to present electronic proof of a recent negative Covid test before they're allowed to enter public spaces like restaurants or shopping malls. But Mr Cheung followed his boss, Carrie Lam, in dismissing the idea. He stressed that the system would only be used for cross-border travel to be implemented once the Covid situation is under control. But speaking through an interpreter, he gave assurances that people's data would not be misused. For
4: the health code, as I said, it will purely be for uh, facilitating um, cross-boundary travel. If you don't want the government to have your information, then you you can choose not to cross the boundary. So the choice is entirely yours. If you want uh, to use the health code to to, uh, cross the boundary, of course, we have to pass on the information to the other authorities. Otherwise, how can we do that?
0: Mr Cheng also says the government's planning to unveil a third round of Covid relief measures next month, but wouldn't say if this would include more cash handouts. HSBC has raised its economic growth forecast for China from one7 to 2.4%, saying its economic recovery from the pandemic has been better than expected. Analysts at the bank say although private consumption across the border is likely to lag, infrastructure and property investment will be able to drive economic growth for the remainder of the year. It says fourth quarter GDP growth could reach a pre-pandemic level of 6.2%. Now sport, and with a look ahead to the weekend's football action, here's BBC Global Sports' John Bennett. The domestic season in England ended on the 1st day of August with Arsenal's FA
3: Cup final victory against Chelsea. And now the new campaign kicks back into action at the end of the same month with Arsenal returning to Wembley to take on Premier League champions Liverpool in the traditional season opener, the Community Shield. With two weeks to go until the first Premier League games, it may be too early to judge the readiness of these two teams. But it's Liverpool who, of course, go into the match in a position of strength. They won the title last season by a remarkable 18 points and understandably they haven't made any big changes to the squad. Greek left-back Kostas Simikas is the only new arrival. Meanwhile, Arsenal were way down in eighth place last season and they're undergoing a rebuild under promising young coach Mikel Arteta, buoyed by that FA Cup success. Willian is a new signing from Chelsea and there are more to come. On Sunday night in Spain, there's another big game, the Women's Champions League final. Lyon are aiming to win the title for a fifth time in a row. Their opponents, Wolfsburg, haven't won it since 2014.
0: They beat Lyon in the final in 2013. A reminder of our top stories tonight... Local authorities confirmed the arrest of 12 Hong Kongers by the Guangdong Coast Guard on Sunday, a man is jailed for five and a half months for possessing dozens of cable ties in a first for Hong Kong, and Japan's longest-serving Prime Minister, Shinzo Abe, resigns. The news from RTHK.
4: RTHK,
0: It's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's News Wrap programme. The chairman of the Journalists Association, Chris Young, says he is deeply concerned by Carrie Lam's comments that the local media should rectify its mistakes in the wake of the anti-government protest last year. The Chief Executive also said in an interview with Phoenix TV that she'll work to stop any dissent from civil servants and promote national education among the city's youth. Mr. Young says her comments suggest the government could introduce new legislation to rein in the press. He spoke to Violet Wong.
7: To us, that should not be something that the government should intervene because the public is the right person to make their judgment on, say, whether media reports are fair and balanced or not. And she seems to give indications that the government would introduce perhaps laws or regulations or through other means to put more control on media, which would be damaging to press freedom.
1: Do you think the uh, media registration system is what she's considering now?
7: That's something that we've been worrying for for months since the uh, anti-extradition bill protesters, uh, police cite say, a, a groundless incidents of uh, claiming that the reporters, uh, there were fake reporters who act uh, not as a reporter, so they uh, need to say introduce identification arrangements at the scene and then the strong pressure from other, say, pro-establishment political parties for the government to introduce uh, official accreditation systems. What Carrie Lamb has said, I think, will, say, give more concerns to us that the government will, say, put more pressure or even, say, introduce laws and regulations to ring in what they say uh, unfriendly or media that are not uh, balanced and fair in their reporting
1: but she also said that she hopes the media will take the matter into their own hands and make fair and objective reporting. Do you think this will put some kind of pressure on the media organisations?
7: I think her remarks, I hope, will not say without in self-censorship of the media. Because basically he's, she's trying to say that media are not fair or balanced in their reports. And to us, I think media just do what they have been doing in a professional manner, but not try to 2nd guess say, what the government or what the police would like to see in our reporting. If we start doing so, we will be actually doing self censorship on our own work.
1: Are you concerned that this might happen?
7: I hope not, but it's perhaps it's already happening in different degree among different media. Police, for instance, uh, had already said clearly that they will help those media which are more friendly and cooperative in their reporting of the police. And although their uh, arrangements at the rate at the uh, Apple Daily building, next digital building, have been heavily criticised, but they never said that they will not do it again. I think that sort of arrangements will put pressure on the media for them say to have being more friendly or so-called balanced in the report. But by doing so, it will result in some form of self-censorship.
0: The government has revealed the locations of all 141 testing centres that will be used in its voluntary COVID-19 screening programme, which is due to begin on Tuesday. But the news has not gone down well in some neighborhoods. A residence group in Mongkok has reacted angrily to hearing the news that the McPherson Stadium on Nelson Street will be used as a testing facility, saying they're worried the virus could spread to residential buildings in the densely populated area. A uh, Mr. Koo, who says he speaks for residents at McPherson Place, which overlooks the stadium, told Jim Gould about their concerns.
6: One of our actual worry is the stadium ventilation exhaust system, although they claim it is isolated but in fact some other residents have experienced that during some performance event in the stadium that using smoke as a special event, the smoke can leak or exhaust from the stadium and even disperse to the residential flat of the buildings which means this is evidence that the actual exhaust system of the stadium are not totally isolated from the residential tower. And also we find the sewage ventilation pipe, the whole building is sharing with one single stack. That means the sewage ventilation pipe is going through from The stadium and to the residential tower with connection all along to up to the roof. That means we are really worried about uh, setting up the test center in the stadium. That will really causing a big health hazard to the residents living above.
7: Have you expressed your concerns to the authorities?
6: Yes, of course. Our management company, on behalf of residents, has issued a objection to almost major government departments related to this scheme, which include a CEO office, Food and Health Bureau, Home Affairs Office. At the had, end, a,
7: did you get any response?
6: Yes. At hmm. the end, only uh, Home Affairs officers from Home Affairs Office has called back. And uh, talk to us. They also claim they haven't received any information, in detail information, from health department, and they are not asked to do any enquiry or consultation in the community. Why they calling back is just because they received our. Letter of objection, so they call us to ask us what's our opinion. So after we verbally voice out our concern and worry and objection, after like a, one day, they come back to us with a just a WhatsApp test. It's not a formal letter or a formal email. So the message from the government, probably the health department, related department, through Home Affairs Office. This message basically uh, makes us infuriated because in that message, first, they just stress that the health and safety of the visitors to the test centre and the medical personnel in the test centre are very safe. Mm. Their safety are well secured because the stadium has good ventilation. That's all sort of uh, reasons, so that they are considering to take the stadium uh, as a, one of uh, the, the test centres.
0: Restaurants have served their first dinner sittings in more than six weeks after social distancing measures were relaxed to allow eateries to stay open until 9 p.m. A spike in local coronavirus cases had seen the government order restaurants to shut at 6pm in mid-July. RTHK's Jimmy Choi was in Wan Chai and told Anna-Marie Evans that diners were taking advantage of the opportunity to enjoy an evening meal. Quite a
2: few people have quickly adjusted to the new uh, relaxation and they have been eating their meals in restaurants after 6pm. So right in front of me is an Italian restaurant on Johnson Road. And quite a good number of people are already in there enjoying the feast. I've just spoken to a number of staff working there, and they told me that half of the seats in the restaurants are now taken. So that's about 15 people there. And they told me that they had received a lot of bookings for dinner immediately after the government announced a relaxation uh, earlier this week. But of course, even with the uh, relaxation for restaurants, some restrictions still apply. For example, they're still required to leave half of their usual seats empty, and only two people are allowed to sit together at a table.
4: So how do people you talk to respond to the relaxation of the dining ban, you know, diners that you've spoken to?
2: Actually, nearly everyone I've talked to are happy with the easing of the dining ban, with some saying that it's the uh, appropriate time to relax the measure, as uh, infection figures appear to have dropped uh, recently. So, Jason is one of the people who told me that he would have dinner at a restaurant
4: tonight. Yes, I will dine out with my
7: girlfriend tonight, I don't worry about that, because uh, the safety measure is quite uh, secure, therefore I am confident that we, we, are, we, are, we, 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 can, we can be safe when dining outside.
2: So I've talked to say uh, they have no worries about eating at restaurants now because they believe that they would be safe as long as they take precautions to maintain their personal hygiene. So one woman, for example, she told me that she felt relieved that the dining is are relaxed because she often had to eat uh, in outdoor areas after she got off work late at night, which she thinks probably could be more risky after all than eating in restaurants. And um, another woman told me that she doesn't think it makes any sense for the government to initially ban dining services after 6 p.m., while allowing them during daytime because the virus threats uh, all the time. So she uh, says the uh, strict Zion ban over the past month or so has already badly affected many restaurants and the the economy, so she's happy that the government has now fixed it.
0: Japan's longest-serving Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has announced he's stepping down because of persistent health issues. Bowing deeply before speaking at a news conference, Mr. Abe apologised that he was resigning with a year left on his term and before fulfilling several key political pledges. Anna-Marie Evans asked our Tokyo correspondent, Julian Ryle, what Mr. Abe's main achievements were. His achievements are actually not nearly as much as he wanted to achieve
8: when he first came into the Prime Minister position. He's done a lot in terms of trade. Uh, Japan is a leader in the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and also he has uh, made a great strides dealing with the European Union and trade there. But his biggest setback, if you like, is not achieving uh, reform of the Constitution, particularly as it pertains to Japan's military. He hasn't been able to bring back the Japanese who were abducted by North Korea. And that is something he mentioned in his uh, resignation speech today, uh, as an area he was particularly disappointed with. And he has, also hasn't managed to uh, solve any of the issues that Japan has with its neighbors over territorial issues. That's Russia, South Korea, China and Taiwan. So those are the big three areas where he hasn't actually achieved very much at all, arguably.
4: Now, his tenure was due to finish in September 2021, so he's uh, left a bit of a vacuum for his conservative governing party, the Liberal Democratic Party. So who are some of the contenders who might replace him, and how does it work in Japan? Are they literally because he's sort of midterm, they're just going to put in an interim leader and then hold an election later? How does it work?
8: Uh, at this point, um, um, Taro Asso, who is the deputy prime minister, will step in and take over. So there will be a smooth transition from uh, Mr. Abe to Mr. Asso, who himself was a former prime minister, and he's really just a safe pair of hands on the tiller. Um, the party will now have an election, um, and uh, that could come, they reckon, within the next two or three months. Um, there are some early runners. There's been a bit of jostling for power already. As you say, uh, Mr. Abe was due to step down in September of next year, so already the, uh, the, the movements were there amongst. Some of the, the, the key potential contenders, um, Mr. Abe himself um, is quite keen for uh, uh, Fumio Kishida to step in. Um, he's a you know a loyalist. He's been uh, uh, he's been a minister in two of Mr. Abe's governments. Um, he's seen as a you know a continuance of Mr. Abe's uh, policies and, and beliefs. So he would be a safe pair of hands uh, as far as Mr. Abe is concerned. There are some others though. Um, Shigeru Ishiba is a former defense minister, um, and he's a, a bit of a darling of some of the the LDP, uh, a bit of a hawk, a former defense minister, Um, and he's been actually quite outspoken um, in in some of his clashes with the prime minister. Hasn't made him very popular, Mr. Abe, but it's certainly made him stand out from the crowd. Those two are the main uh, contenders, I would say, Uh, but of course there's always the chief cabinet secretary, Yoshihide Suga, um, and a couple of others, the foreign minister, uh, Motegi, Um, but after that it sort of trails off quite quickly.
4: Now, in t- times of some of the crises that uh, Mr. Abe faced during his tenure, we had the—you know—we've had an earthquake, tsunami, nuclear disaster, and, and uh, surely some of his legacy will be how well he coped with any of those.
8: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the, the, the issue that I think will will always go down, always be associated with him is how the pandemic has been ha- has been handled here. Um, there are suggestions that they got it very right in some areas and then suggestions that he got it very wrong in other areas. But I think that's common to governments around the world. Nobody's had to deal with this sort of situation before. We're all sort of feeling in the dark. Um, but it has come in for a lot of criticism. Um, yes, the aftermath um, of uh, the March 2011 earthquake, tsunami and nuclear crisis, those are something that he's been left with holding the can almost. That uh, that incident itself, the earthquake, happened on the, on the previous government's watch. Um, so he's been in charge of uh, the, the o- overseeing the the clear up after that. Again, it's been a slow, steady progress. Um, but primarily, I, I think uh, he will go down as being slightly less of a grey man than previous Japanese prime ministers. Um, a lot of them are often seen as functionaries. Um, they uh, they yes men to the party. Um, they're a bit. Dull, almost. I think he, because I mean, Abbe, because he's been around for such a long time, and you know, he's slightly more colourful than many of them. That's what he'll be remembered for.
4: Now he had a landslide victory in 2017, but he actually leaves office now. Uh, actually, is a very unpopular leader.
8: That's right. His, uh, his support rate is down in the thirties, the mid-thirties, I believe. Um, any new incoming uh, Prime Minister is going to have a, a bit of a bump because he's not uh, Mr. Abe. Um, I think most of the problems that um, he, he has with the, with the electorate at the moment is related to the economy. And of course, that is all related uh, to the state of the nation in terms of the pandemic. Um, he said in his uh, in his resignation speech today that he has done the best he can uh, with the tools that they had at their disposal. Again, it's a very steep learning curve in a, in a crisis situation like this. Uh, I don't think anyone can country's got it absolutely right um, and he just said we've done the best we can and he's worked very hard for the japanese people
0: those stories were part of the news rep program which was broadcast on rthk earlier this evening steve dunson from our newsroom the government is conducting a public consultation on the
6: 2020 policy address please share your views on different policy areas we are willing Listen and engage. For details, please visit the website www.policyaddress.gov.hk.
3: Live across
4: Hong Kong, this is Radio Three. January to December will have moments to
6: read.
5: the time, time to relax, time to take it easy, at this time, and enjoy the music from now until 1
2: a.m. with the truly Ray Cadero.
0: Can deliver an arrangement and sound like that. Some enchanted evening nostalgia, all the way with Uncle Ray. And now let's proceed.